This is Nuclear Explained. Welcome to Nuclear Explained. In our latest episodes, you've heard about the wide applications of nuclear science and technology. The power of the atom allows us to study ocean acidification and to manage water resources, as well as to fight cancer, to provide clean energy, and more. Supporting the safe and secure use of nuclear and radioactive material is key to reap its benefits. In this episode of Nuclear Explained, we're going to venture into the field of security, particularly computer security for the nuclear world. I'm your host, Joanne Liu. And I'm Ayhan Evrensel. The aim of nuclear security is to prevent, detect, and respond to potential criminal attacks or malicious events. Here, computer security plays an important role because in the nuclear world, any nuclear facility or facility with radioactive material relies on computers. These facilities are considered critical infrastructure, meaning they are essential for the functioning of society and require high levels of safety and security. What does computer security look like in the nuclear world? What are the challenges to establish a computer security program? And how do you determine if technologies are secure? We will answer these questions and more. To begin, I invited Robert Lee to explain what computer security is. Robert is the CEO and co-founder of Dragos. You look at all of the different type of information systems or digital systems that are around us, from computers to phones to uh, elements inside of a, a power plant. There's a lot of our environments that are digital computing systems. Those computer systems end up needing to be secured against a variety of risks, whether it be criminals trying to do harm to them or sometimes just general consequence of complex systems. And is computer security, is that synonymous with cybersecurity? In most communities, computer security and cybersecurity are exactly the same thing. People try to bifurcate it out in different definitions, but in reality, it's all just cybersecurity. Okay. And who and what are at risk of a cyber attack? Yeah, well, I would broadly sort of separate things out into more classic information technology environments where most people are used to sitting down at a computer or their phone, checking email, going to their social media applications. Those types of information technology uh, environments are things that businesses, banks, uh, companies depend on to just operate in the digital world. But there's also those operation technology environments, those OT environments, if you will. That those are the computer systems that deal with physical elements like opening a circuit breaker in such a way to energize or de-energize a substation, provide electric power to your home. In the consequence in IT, you're dealing with data theft. You're dealing maybe with intellectual property theft. Maybe you're losing a credit card or your personal information. But in operation technology, those consequences can be severe. Environmental damage. Uh, you can have intellectual property as well, but, but a lot of times we worry about safety. People getting hurt by the misoperation of environments that inherently have physical processes that can hurt people. And in industrial facilities, what kind of facilities are we referring to? Pretty much everything but banks and, and insurance providers. Your power companies, nuclear power companies, uh, gas pipelines, pharmaceutical manufacturing, food and beverage. If you wake up in the morning, everything from getting out of bed, which was manufactured somewhere, to turning on the faucet and having clean water, to flipping on the lights, having electricity, all of those things you interact with, all of the physical world comes from an industrial automation environment. What does a cyber threat look like? We've had a variety of cyber threats before that have targeted these environments to cause that physical consequence. 
we've seen uh, power stations go down where 2015, it was a cyber attack where a adversary broke in and disconnected portions of an electric system so that over 225,000 customers didn't have power and lights uh, in their homes and apartments. We've seen criminals break in and try to poison a water system before. We've seen uh, cyber threats break into these different environments to misoperate safety critical environments to try to actually hurt people uh, by causing overpressurization or kind of chemical spill kind of events. So, so long story short, Anything that the physical environment can do, the misoperation or malicious operation of that by criminals can be used against it to accomplish that. And it's an important concept, not only in understanding how bad things can be, but also not overhyping it. If a, an electric substation can't blow up through physics, no cyber attack is going to make it blow up. You could you can take down the power, but there's nothing in that substation to cause an explosion, to take out the local town. So. A lot of these scenarios and movies and, and, and media can be pretty hyped up, but the consequence is in itself already scary. It's good to kind of bring that level of rationality to explain. I always tell people the threats are not as bad as you want to imagine, but worse than you realize. In that case, what are the latest trends in threats that you're seeing or within the cyber or computer security community? Yeah, more and more the threats are learning the environments and the ins and outs of those environments to achieve their operations, to achieve the outcomes they want. And we're seeing all around the world our industrial environments becoming more digital, so they're more accessible, they're more uh, able to be attacked at a time that various criminals and terrorists and others are learning how to accomplish that. So the, the balance between more attack surface with more knowledgeable adversaries is leading to a place that the risk is ever increasing. But at the same time, we also have a lot of amazing defenders getting involved and really doing good work to educate themselves, use cool new technologies and so forth to try to make sure our communities are safe. How often do cyber attacks occur? Yeah, in terms of information technology, there's a ton every day. Uh, I would describe information technology environments as more high frequency, less consequence. The cyber attack that may happen on a daily basis at a bank Nah, it's not going to take down the economy. You know, there could be a giant one, but, but the high-frequency ones are more about stealing a credit card here or there, personal email addresses, so forth. So in IT, information technology, high-frequency, lower consequence. In operational environments, it's not that often that we see a big attack. Uh, and so they're lower frequency, but very high consequence. An attack on an operational environment in a company can bring the company down. We saw that uh, with the Colonial Pipeline attack, where uh, a major gas uh, pipeline in the United States was crippled and down for about six days due to a criminal actors trying to ransom the environment in, in such ways that we were then worried about the economy. People were freaking out about being able to get fuel. They're very, very high consequence. But I, but I would note, they are also higher frequency than people realize. So not high frequency like IT environments or information technology, but they are happening more frequently than most folks would understand. I, I usually joke around a little bit that a lot of these operation environments, people aren't getting into them to look, to see, to get visibility into what's happening. So in a lot of ways, we have the equivalency of like Schrodinger's ICS, right? Schrodinger's operational environment or industrial control systems for ICS. Basically, we're just not opening the box sometimes to look to see if anybody's already there. In your observation of the nuclear power industry, of nuclear power plants, facilities handling radioactive material, what would you say is the major cyber threat or cyber risk?
Yeah, you're you're very much dealing with terrorists and like state actors who have geopolitical intentions with those facilities. That on the on the good side, there's been such a focus and dedication to safety in nuclear power environments that they're inherently more resilient. It is much harder to do a cyber attack that we actually care about on a nuclear power facility. Sometimes even the ones again that we see in movies are just physically impossible. But as we make these more digital, as we make more accessible, as we make more of them, we're so concerned about the consequence that even if the risk or the likelihood of that attack is really low, it's just so important for society to make sure that they are as safeguarded sort of as a top class beyond any other industrial asset in the world. So there are cyber threats focused on the operational technology environments. They're learning those nuclear power plants. They would like to go after them. But at the same time, the industry has done a phenomenal job of just making them very well safeguarded assets. Countries are increasingly turning to nuclear technology to address priorities related to clean energy, cancer care, food security, and more. And with this increase, computer security programs in the nuclear world are expected to grow. In this next segment, Paul Shanes joins us from the UK's Office for Nuclear Regulation. Paul is the head of cybersecurity regulation. He will explain the challenges countries face in implementing and sustaining a computer security program. For many organizations, knowing where to start is often the challenge. We all know that security should be designed in from the outset, but most organizations simply don't have that luxury. Most nuclear facilities have been in operation for decades, long before uh, computer security was considered a real risk. Technological advances and obsolescence, for example, have forced many organizations to play catch up. When you consider the rate of change, it's no wonder that many organizations struggle. Within the UK, the National Cybersecurity Centre provides a range of guidance on essential elements of cybersecurity, and similar baselines, I think, exist in many other nations, and they're often a good position to start from. Uh, I'm often cited with saying that if, if good cybersecurity is more than just good cybersecurity. Uh, for example, leadership, governance, culture, and the competence of staff are all vital elements and will really help an organisation get onto a good firm footing. What kind of competencies are needed to support computer security and what does the staffing look like? Within the Office for Nuclear Regulation, we have around 20 staff uh, dedicated to the regulation of cybersecurity throughout the UK. They cover all aspects of the nuclear fuel cycle, um, from operating facilities to new build, those sites that are in decommissioning, and also aspects such as the supply chain and service providers. We operate a specialist generalist model. So we expect our inspectors to have a broad range of understanding across cybersecurity, but a focus in individual discipline areas that might be threat, operational technology, uh, cloud computing. And when you refer to inspectors, are these people who have backgrounds in nuclear science and physics or really focus on computer security. We have a range of experience within the team. We, we have individuals that have come through engineering disciplines, some, some that have come through uh, nuclear physics uh, discipline, for example. Um, and we also have experience uh, that's joined us from corporate information technology and operational technology environments. As we know, cybersecurity is relatively new in comparison to many other fields. And as a result of that, many of the inspectors that we have working for us have come through a, a range of routes to end up having a career in cybersecurity. I expect going forward that will be different because there are now recognized degrees, there are recognized professional qualifications, charterships, etc., that are becoming available. And so the field will probably change over time.
How do you address this challenge of recruiting new entrants into the industry? Many of of the uh, individuals now coming through educational routes, um, perhaps degrees or masters in cybersecurity, for them, there are many sectors available as potential uh, avenues for their careers. I think we try and counter that where we can with just the sheer diversity of opportunities that exist, you know, not only in conventional information technology, but also operational technology. Uh, many of the systems that exist, probably they're quite unique to our sector and provide a real opportunity for someone you know, who wishes to get really deep down technical with a variety of, of systems to experience something different. How do you ensure that your computer security program is sustainable? It is essential that organizations undertake regular assessments uh, when it comes to their security programs. It comes back to, again, clear leadership from the board. Boards need to consider whether or not appropriate resources are being made available in terms of staff and finances to meet their objectives. Again, benchmarking and assurance activities can assist here. I think computer security programs need to be adaptable. They need to be regularly reviewed. This is obviously in recognition of the evolving threat landscape and the tremendous rate of change of technology. Simply having a computer security program isn't enough to be secure. Like anything in life, they need to be maintained, invested in and adjusted, ideally before changes occur. Looking ahead or in our current state in the nuclear industry, what kind of changes are you anticipating? There are a number of technological changes that are coming. Um, Obviously, the advent of artificial intelligence, quantum computing, increasing digitalization are all factors that will be affecting many sectors. The civil nuclear sector, I think, is is also struggling with a, a, a pace of change as a result largely of obsolescence. So, you know, we have many systems, operational technology systems in particular, that were introduced prior to the advent of cybersecurity as a consideration. And as those systems become more obsolete, Individual components and aspects of those systems need to be replaced. Of course, the items that are replacing those systems are increasingly digital. And this opens up convergence on a scale that we've not seen before. We're seeing convergence between traditional IT infrastructure, so the the networks, the systems that most people will be used to using, with the operational technology environments. And with the bridging of those networks comes increasing risk to plant operations. And that's an area, certainly within the UK, from a regulatory perspective that we're focusing on. You're listening to Nuclear Explained. Industrial environments, including nuclear facilities, are becoming more dependent on digital systems, which calls for greater vigilance to protect these systems. At the IAEA's General Conference in 2011, for the first time, The need to raise awareness about information and computer security in support of nuclear security was mentioned. More than 10 years later, the IAEA plays a unique role in advising countries to minimize and mitigate vulnerabilities affecting computer security. In this next segment, I speak with an expert at the IAEA. She will outline the elements of a computer security program and how the IAEA assists countries. I'm Yelena Buglova, Director of the Division of Nuclear Security at the IAEA. Yelena, what are the main elements of computer security to protect nuclear facilities from a cyber attack? Nuclear security is a national responsibility and building robust nuclear security in a country is not possible without building a robust computer security within nuclear security 
regime. Computer security program has six main elements, starting from the roles and responsibilities, then risk management, then security design and management, uh, which means computer security is addressed from the beginning to the end. Then to prepare the uh, list of digital assets, which are ensuring safety functions at the facilities. Uh, the next item is develop the adequate computer security procedures. So that's a logic. First, you define the risks and you see what needs to be done to address them. And for all of these five items, the sixth is management of the personnel. And that's linked to the trustworthiness of the personnel, building the resources, capacity, reliability of all people who are involved in computer security. When you talk about facilities here, are we talking about all kinds of facilities that handle nuclear material or other radioactive material? Yes, absolutely. We need to look at it comprehensively and we need to look at all nuclear facilities or facilities with radioactive sources. And all of these facilities have specific functions, features, which currently in the modern digital world are very much linked to computers. In order for them to be operational, uh, there are connections with the digital systems. There is a need for protect information. There is a need to uh, make sure that all these computerized systems are not under a so-called cyber attack. And when uh, we are dealing with the countries to assist them in this regard, we, we are offering our assistance for any facilities, whether it's nuclear, like nuclear power plants, for example, or it's a facility which is uh, having a source used for medical purpose. You mentioned nuclear power plants. There are many advanced reactor types, either under design or in operation, even including small modular reactors, the SMRs. Are they more or less at risk of a cyber attack? So great question, because clearly SMR is now on top of many discussions. And uh, SMR is a very good example of how the advanced in novel technologies could be used for the benefit of the society. The modular reactors, which, uh, which have relatively smaller capacity in comparison with other nuclear reactors, if it is placed in the remote areas, then it could also mean that there will be a need for remote operations or uh, assessment or exchange of information, which also means, in turn, that uh, the security measures need to be tightened and the measures which are linked to computer security. So here we will need to look at the operational systems to ensure that safety functions are protected in case they are linked uh, to computerized technologies and uh, also to make sure that all these data which are exchanged remotely uh, are also protected. How do you then determine if the operational systems or technologies are secure enough? First of all, it's really a high level of awareness at a national level, the status of their nuclear security or computer security arrangements in place, and then using this as a baseline to see how to improve it further. The question comes how to make this awareness and how to make this assessment. Here, IAEA offers uh, different types of peer review services, which could be conducted by request of a country. And these peer review services are uh, assisting in 
uh, assessing situation in the country against the consensus-type documents developed by the IAEA within the nuclear security series. What else does the IAEA offer to support countries in implementing a computer security program? So we are very actively working on uh, tackling different areas uh, of assistance. For example, um, agency is developing so-called IAEA nuclear security series documents. It uh, includes recommendations, fundamentals, guides, and uh, within this series there are documents which are specifically covering computer security topics. Um, member states can take these documents and use it as a benchmark when developing their own national nuclear um, security regime and specifically uh, computer security program. Based on these documents, we are also offering trainings. There are exercises and specifically computer security exercises in different regions which we support with development of different scenarios. Um, uh, talking about trainings, I would like to mention the Nuclear Security Training and Demonstration Center, which is currently being constructed in the uh, agency's laboratories at Zabesdorf. We will be offering first courses at the end of this year, 2023, and they will be covering computer security. As Yelena mentioned, advanced nuclear reactors, including SMRs, could be placed in remote areas. These advanced reactors are incorporating digital technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning. If you're interested in learning more about advanced reactors and SMRs, listen to our previous episode on the future of nuclear power. Paul explained the challenges involved in computer security, and Yelena shared how the IAEA is helping countries address those challenges. For our interesting fact, we circle back to Robert. He said computer security and cybersecurity are the same thing. But what is the origin of the word cyber? Actually, the word cyber came from the term cybernetics. And cybernetics was used in the 1930s and during conflict to look at how to take an input through a radar system, calculate the trajectory of projectiles and rockets, and then have an output of tracers and, and artillery shells being able to be fired back automatically these weapons so that you do it at night when you didn't have a line of sight or visibility. And what they built was a cybernetic system, which was a control system. Input, calculation, output. So for a lot of the people around the world that think IT, they think cyber, actually the origins of cyber was these automation environments. If you missed our previous episodes, find them on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and IAEA.org. And if you want to learn more about nuclear science and technology, check out our nuclear explainers at IAEA.org and follow the IAEA on social media. I'm Joanne Liu. And I'm Ihan Evrensel. Thanks for listening to Nuclear Explained, brought to you by the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency. You have been listening to Nuclear Explained.